morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in, in London, uh, we're in Sutton Gresham Street, and in Johannesburg, we're in our Greyston offices, and I can't see you, but I presume everyone is there. My name is Hendrik Bittoy, and uh, on behalf of myself and Fahni Titi, I welcome you to our interim results presentation for the 2019 financial year. But before we start, uh, I'd like to say a, a short word of thank you. Thank you, firstly, to our predecessors, Stephen Costas, Bernard Cantor, who are both here, Bernard, in, in spite of having had an operation, made the effort to come and listen to make sure Fahni and I make no mistakes. We'll try our best. Uh, thank you for the help in the transition. Thank you for the support you gave us up, you know, in, in, in preparing for today. Our chairman, Perry Crosway, many of our board members and colleagues from senior management, but most importantly, the 10,000 people who made this result, 10,000 people who serve our clients, who are busy working as we speak to build the Investec business. Thank you very much for what you've achieved during the transition period and also putting our business uh, on the right footing for growth, because that's the story Fani and I want to share with you. I'm going to ask Fani to do most of the presentation, but I'd just like to say very simply, in a nutshell, our business has good momentum in spite of pretty tough macro conditions. We're lifting the return on equity, we're concentrating on it. Our asset and wealth management businesses are gathering significant net flows and growing. And I think what's really important the people in Investec are also ready for the, the major strategic move we announced, namely the demerger, which is all about focus, simplicity, and setting up the platform for growth for the long term. But it's my privilege to ask my joint CEO and partner, Fani Titi, to do most of the presentation today. I'll take some difficult questions at the end. Fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hendrik, and uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. As you can see, we are a tech team, uh, so I'll do a bit of the lifting this morning. Um, I'm going to try work both my iPad and the screen, so uh, worry just check on me if I don't uh, move the, uh, the screen uh, over there. As Hendrik indicated, we are quite privileged uh, and honored to be presenting the results and to be leading the business. Um, we believe the results uh, do uh, reflect a very sound financial performance. Hendrik has spoken about the fact that uh, the ROE of the group is increasing. At March 2018, our ROE was at 12.1%. Uh, we are now at 13.4%. So we are making progress in the execution of our strategy. And uh, as Hendrik indicated again, we've had solid um, flows in asset management and in the wealth business, about 4.8 billion in total. And the specialist bank uh, in the UK has done particularly well, in fact, just about doubling profits in the period. So as we go forward, because I don't want to repeat what uh, Hendrik said, as we go forward, our concentration and our focus will be on revenue growth, on capital allocation, and on cost discipline. These results have been achieved despite very tough economic uh, and market conditions. 
in South Africa where we have a substantial operation, the South African economy has been particularly weak given the lack of confidence that is occasioned by political uncertainty. So you will generally see that uh, the performance of both the banks in South Africa and uh, the wealth and investment business will be muted, um, although there, there was uh, an increase in rents, but uh, it was a very tough market uh, overall. In the UK, uh, as we all know, uh, Brexit has been the key issue of concern. Looks like there's been some progress, uh, but we don't know whether that is real progress or not, but we shall see uh, as time unfolds. But the impact of that ongoing uncertainty is that both corporate and consumer confidence um, is affected. If we look at uh, equity markets, we all know that uh, we are in a period where liquidity is being drained out of the global financial system. Uh, so uh, U.S. interest rates are going up. There is a threat, as you know, of some trade wars. And uh, overall, what has been a very synchronized world economic growth is beginning uh, to stutter. And the effect is that we have significant market volatility and uncertainty. In particular, the effect on emerging markets has been particularly strong. So if we look at the snapshot of the results, uh, growth in operating profit and adjusted EPS um, is recorded at 14.2% and growth in um, sorry, in operating profit, 14.2%, growth in adjusted EPS at 6.4%. We will unpack the difference uh, in growth rates a little later. Again, as we said, significant flows uh, in asset management and wealth at 4.8 billion, taking total assets under management to 166.5 uh, billion pounds. In the specialist bank, one of the key drivers has been a substantial reduction in impairments as a consequence of us having largely dealt with the legacy portfolio. We did, beyond uh, the uh, significant impact of the reduction in impairments, we did see revenue growth. Uh, we also had a reasonable level of activity uh, supporting uh, earnings uh, and revenue. The cost-income ratio uh, has improved Slightly, it is still above our target range of under 65%, but we are beginning to see revenue grow faster than cost. Revenue growing at 7.6%, uh, while costs are growing at 7.2%. Uh, we have been investing quite significantly, particularly in the UK, Hendrick uh, and the asset management team, uh, have been investing over a period of time. Now that is the job of Mimi and, uh, and John. But uh, there is significant investment in the base. So as we go forward, we should reap the benefit of that investment, but also reap the benefit of scale as our revenues uh, continue to, to improve. We have a solid base of annuity income, which supports earnings as we go forward. Annuity income comprises in this result 76% of income. So just to show you the results uh, uh, with uh, a waterfall graph, you will see that we started um, 
with 314.6 million pounds, and that we've had significant improvement of 14% in asset management in the UK and other regions, that we've had a significant increase of 96% in the specialist bank um, in the UK, and that is not only a consequence of uh, uh, the reduction in impairment. There has been improvement in the underlying uh, business as well. You will know that when markets are this choppy, that your investment income, both in uh, listed equity and unlisted equity, will generally be impacted negatively. So the story is not just about uh, the reduction in, uh, in impairment. There has been fundamental um, improvement in the underlying performance of the business. The asset management business in South Africa is up 9% in range, so a creditable performance given the tough uh, market uh, and economic backdrop. The welfare investment business in the UK is uh, largely flat, down about uh, 7% or so. It really is a cost story there because we've had to make investments uh, in IT people. We've had regulatory costs as well. We know about MIFID, we know about uh, GDPR, uh, and uh, in, es in essence, there was an improvement in operating income. As I say, there's been a cost uh, issue there. So, in general, good performance um, in, in the business, helped largely by the asset management business uh, in the UK and the specialist banking business uh, in uh, in the UK as well, but solid performance and resilient performance, in fact, by the businesses that are affected by, by the market. We have benefited from consistent contribution across geographies um, and businesses. If we look at geographic diversity, uh, the combined UK uh, and other regions' uh, business grew up by 40.2% in pounds. That really is quite um, impressive uh, 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 growth in, the, in profits. If you look at South Africa, we have uh, growth of 5% in rents. As I said, that economy has been buffeted by a number of headwinds, so that performance, in my view, is resilient given the environment. We have also seen an improved geographic balance in that profit from South Africa versus non-South Africa regions has improved from 35% to 43% of total profit, so there's a better balance in terms of uh, uh, profit contribution uh, from the regions. If you look at business diversity, we see a consistent contribution over a long period of time and with the contribution from capital light businesses at 36%. If we look at uh, growth in key earnings drivers, starting with third-party assets under management, I have already indicated that we have assets under management at 166.5 billion pounds in currency neutral on a currency neutral basis, the increase is 7.2% as opposed to uh, the pound increase of 3.7%. Uh, if we look at customer accounts and uh, loans and advances, customer accounts in decreased 
by 2.1%. Again, there's a currency impact there. On a currency neutral basis, customer accounts would have increased by 4.3%. If we look at core loans and advances, a decrease of 3.7% in, in pounds, but in, excuse me, on a currency neutral basis, an increase of 2.4%. If we look at uh, the loans-to-deposit ratio, uh, it has been uh, consistent uh, in the high 70s. Uh, in this reporting period, it is at 78.2%. If you look at this movement in key earnings drivers, you can see that the engine room is running in a disciplined manner. The operating income was up 7.6% to 1.3 billion pounds. Again, if you look at where we were in September 17, you will see that net interest income has increased quite significantly at 11% with net annuity fee income up at 3%. We have uh, fees and the operating income up 17%, and I would like to mention that the corporate advisory business in the, in the UK performed particularly well. Um, you will see that uh, the investment uh, and associate income line was significantly affected. You see a reduction of 27% there. As I indicated earlier, when markets are this difficult and this choppy, you will always see an impact in uh, or weaker performance in listed and unlisted equities. That was the key driver of that particular reduction in uh, reduction in in performance on that line. Looking at uh, uh, operating income, I have already indicated that um, uh, recurring income as a percentage of total income is consistently large at about uh, 76%. Looking at the balance of uh, 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 in the business model, uh, over the period that Stephen and Bernard and Glenn have been running the business, you will know that strategically we wanted to increase the contribution of capital light Activities. You can see now that in this reporting period, that comes in at 55%, and we are quite pleased with the trend over the last five years. I have mentioned that we, we are beginning to see uh, – sorry, I'm trying to – yeah, that's the right one. We are beginning to see the jaws widening, so the efficiency of the business and the scale that comes – the efficiency that comes also with scale is beginning to show results. If you look at costs, um, just to give you a bit of color around costs, you will see that um, premises went up 14%. As you know, both the bank here and the asset management business have been in the process of moving uh, premises, so we've had some additional costs there. Uh, business expenses have gone up 18%. Again, uh, that is driven largely by uh, regulatory costs. I spoke about Mifidelia, and I spoke about GDPR. Uh, those costs would have affected asset management. It would have affected uh, also the wealth and investment business and the bank also. 
we will see the personnel costs went up 6%. We've added about 180 people between the two periods, and the majority of those 180 will have gone into a regulatory area. So the regulatory burden, unfortunately, is not uh, lightening up at all. Just to get back to impairments, as you can see in the graph there, the light gray um, bar has largely disappeared because we have dealt uh, with uh, the legacy portfolio. There is still a small residual of about 189 million pounds, but as we go forward, we, we take it that it, uh, the legacy issue has been dealt with, so we are reporting simply on a statutory basis and not looking at ongoing and, uh, and statutory, because we have dealt with the issues of the past. So in summary, if you look at uh, operating profit for the period, started at 315 million, ended at 359 million, strong growth uh, in operating income. As I said, the engine room uh, is ticking on nicely. We've had uh, the benefit of a reduction in impairment of 29 million. We've had uh, operating expenses, as I have explained in the previous slide, and we will see there that there was an 86% increase in non-controlling interest, driven largely by uh, uh, IPF, uh, Invested Property Fund um, Earnings Growth. We consolidated at the top. Obviously, we take minorities out. That partly explains some of the differences in the growth in operating profit. When you look at uh, the growth in attributable profit, that is 8.2. That's part of the difference. When you look at uh, growth in EPS, adjusted EPS, that growth is 6.4. Obviously, the tax in this uh, period is lower than it was last year, and we also have had uh, an increase in, in shares issued. If we go to the next page looking at uh, the performance again, I will just talk about uh, the dividend. Oh, Stephen, I see what you meant. I needed to, to move the screen forward. <laughs> what did I say? No, tax was higher in this period. That's what I mean. Oh, thank you. You see, we still have the old master here. <laughs> By the way, Stephen picked up an error in some of the numbers yesterday, and there was a big argument. Uh, in the business just where a particular number was, was correct or not. So you have to give your due uh, to the old lions, as Stephen calls uh, the group that's going up. So on, on this slide, I would just like to highlight the fact that we have uh, a dividend growth of 4.8% in pounds against a growth in adjusted EPS of 6.4%. In rent, that growth in the dividend will be 3% because the rent is uh, stronger now than it was uh, in November last year. Those who uh, live in South Africa know that uh, in November last year, the outlook, uh, the political and economic outlook was quite significantly concerning. If we look at performance against financial targets, uh, our ROE is at 13.4%, as I said, against the target of 12 to 16. What is impressive here is that the ROE trend has been upwards over a number of years. We will see uh, the relevant graph uh, in a minute or so 
I have talked about the cost-to-income ratio improving a little bit, still outside of target, but we are hopeful that we can get into target. Um, the dividend cover at 2.6 times is in the middle of the range, um, and as you can see, at September 17, it was also at about two, uh, at 2.5. So generally, at uh, interim, that's where we, we normally are. Um, we will see what uh, we do at, uh, at final. If we go to the next slide, uh, you can see there the trend in RAE growth that I referred to, a consistent improvement over time, given some of the key decisions that have been taken uh, over the last few years and given the execution on the strategic decisions taken uh, the last few years. As we go forward, we hope to continue to see improvement based on growing the underlying client franchises, being disciplined around costs, and optimizing uh, capital allocation. So if we look at uh, uh, certain aspects of the balance sheet, the balance sheet is sound. The business is well capitalized, lowly leveraged, with strong liquidity. So I'm going to go into a quick um, review of uh, the different uh, divisions, starting with asset management. As we have announced, there is a, a Capital Markets Day on Tuesday uh, where we will go into significant detail into the asset management business. So we will just go through quickly over this because we do have uh, a big day coming uh, on Tuesday where the team will go into the detail of the business. We've seen growth um, of 10% in operating profit to $91.5 million. Uh, the operating margin is at 31.4%. Uh, we've seen a slight compression in the margin. Uh, at uh, September 17, the margin was 31.8%. Uh, As I said earlier, we continue to invest in key strategic growth areas. The AUM over the reporting period increased 5.1% uh, uh, to uh, 109 Billion, we have indicated the substantial net inflows of 4.1 billion. If we just look briefly at uh, uh, the strategic priorities of this business, um, the business is managed for the long term, so the focus is never uh, short term, and we look to attain sustainable growth. So we will be looking to concentrate our effort on our existing offering where we are differentiated and we have performance. We're not going to try to be all things to all people. Only where we differentiate it and we have performance, that's where we will continue to uh, spend our effort. We will continue to look for scale uh, through our global distribution model with specifically uh, to so into the institutional an advisor channel that we have been targeting and growing uh, over uh, the years. We look to capture the next wave of flows, uh, specifically the rebalancing uh, in the North American institutional market. We also positioning ourselves for the future in that uh, we do believe Asia in the long term 
uh, is an area of significant opportunity. We will obviously continue to uh, do hard work in the remaining uh, markets that we have done well in uh, over time. As always, we will continue to deepen and strengthen our investment and client capabilities. This business is about being relevant to clients and the creation of value and, and shareholder value specifically in the long term. If we look at uh, the wealth and investment business, as I indicated, uh, we had uh, an increase in operating income of 4.4%, but we've had uh, some cost issues that I have talked about uh, already. So increase in uh, income, uh, significant increase in costs. Again, we've been investing significantly in this business uh, for future growth. Uh, some of you will know about uh, our digital uh, platform uh, in the world business called Click. And uh, in the South African business, uh, in conjunction with uh, the private bank, we have the one place. So uh, investment in, 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 in digital platforms is one of uh, our key uh, strategic uh, focus areas as we go forward. The asset under management grew by 4.5% in neutral uh, currency, uh, representing a net flow of 650 million. These performances are consistent with um, the industry given just how difficult uh, operating conditions are. The business will continue to focus on internationalization. The business will also continue to focus on enhancing uh, their range of services and products uh, to their clients. I've already spoken about the need to invest in digital uh, capabilities and specifically click in South Africa one place with the integration of the South African uh, uh, wealth business or the collaboration between the South African wealth business and, uh, and the private bank. Uh, we will also focus in particular in, in the UK market on, on financial planning. If I, I move to the uh, specialist uh, bank, firstly globally, uh, an increase in, in profits of 18.8% to 245 uh, million. We've spoken about uh, the increase in the profitability of the special, specialist bank in the UK. We've also indicated the resilient performance of the South African specialist bank, even though um, earnings are up uh, by 4.2% only because that market has been particularly particularly tough. The cost-to-income ratio of the specialist banking business globally uh, is uh, now at uh, 60%, operating income going up at 7.1% and costs up at 5.6%. Uh, you will remember that we have been investing pretty significantly in the private bank in the UK, that is largely done now. That cost is in the base, so we would expect as we go forward to gain some benefit uh, out of that. I have already indicated growth in core drivers of the business in, in customer accounts and in loans and advances. With respect to customer accounts, we, we saw in this period a significant uh, increase in retail deposits, and therefore the quality of uh, our liabilities uh, has has increased. If we dig a little deeper into the specialist banking uh, business in the UK and other regions, net interest income up 18.7%, net fees up 
14%. What is really important on this particular slide is the history more than just the numbers for the period. If you look over a five-year period, you can see consistent increase in net interest income. You can see increases in net fees. You can see um, contribution in investment in associate income. So this is not just a one uh, reporting season issue. We have been uh, growing the business consistently. The franchise uh, is growing. If we look at uh, uh, the return on equity, we can see that uh, for this period, our return on equity is at 9.3%. We were at 3.2 at March. So there has been a significant increase in return on equity. Our uh, objective would be to have a double-digit um, uh, return on equity as we go forward. As you can see, we are not uh, too far uh, from there. Hopefully, this is the last time you still see that black line that says uh, ongoing because we've dealt with the issues of the past. We are now reporting on a statutory basis. If we go to the South African banking business, I've indicated that uh, it has been affected by uh, a tough uh, operating environment, so we've seen softer loan book growth. Client uh, flow trading has been weak as well, as well as investment income. But this is a resilient business. We have a premium position in the South African banking market, and our clients are very resilient as well. So we have also been investing in new areas of growth in the South African banking business. Uh, we have, uh, as an example, invested in Invested for Life. We have recently uh, reorganized uh, our business offering uh, to uh, the uh, need market uh, in uh, Invested for Business, and we will be launching transactional uh, services in that market. So that business is resilient, and they are looking at uh, new ways uh, to, to grow revenue, but more importantly, to serve their client base. Just looking at uh, the return on equity there, the return on equity for this particular period is 12.4%. Uh, obviously, this business has a, a large equity portfolio that in this period returned 6.9%. Uh, uh, we generally do judge the performance of the investment portfolio on the basis of the internal rate of return. So if you see that uh, that ROE that just factor into uh, your mind that there is a large um, investment portfolio there, um, the bank and wealth business uh, in South Africa is quite integrated as well. And if you were to look at those businesses together, you will see that uh, the performance on an ROE basis is uh, uh, quite uh, encouraging. We would, uh, in the, in, in the uh, long term, be looking at uh, returns in the uh, South African specialist banking and wealth business of over uh, 15%. So if you look at uh, the strategic priorities of the bank and wealth business post D measure, um, when we will not have uh, access to uh, the earnings and cash on asset management, we would see um, our ROE still being uh, significantly uh, higher than uh, where you would have thought if you simply stripped out uh, asset management. So we would be looking at uh, a target range of between 11 and 5% post D measure. Uh, sorry? Sorry? 11 and 15. What did I say? 
Oh, 15, goodness me. <laughs> Thanks, Mish. This time around I was caught by a, a young lion as opposed to, to the old lion. Thank you. So, our concentration as we go forward will be to grow the underlying client franchise. This is what this business is about. Client acquisition and deepening of existing client relationships. Uh, we will be looking to continue the progress that has been made in the UK uh, private bank. We will also, as I've indicated, be investing in technology platforms. Spoke about uh, uh, one place in South Africa, we can invest here, uh, and generally other investment in technology to improve efficiency, to improve client experience, and to improve client acquisition. We believe technology is important, so we generally will be high-tech, but we will remain high-touch as well, because we believe personal service is absolutely critical as we go forward. I've indicated that we've invested a lot, uh, that uh, because the investment is in, in the base, revenue is beginning to grow, and we have uh, a disciplined cost approach that we would look to improve uh, the JOS uh, ratio. We will also look to manage our capital base. Specifically, uh, we would be looking at uh, efficient capital allocation. We would look to address in future the dilution that has been caused by issues of shares to the share scheme, and uh, the philosophy will be to buy back shares as opposed to issuing them. But we will give you more detail on that particular aspect uh, later on. We intend to have uh, a capital markets day for the bank and wealth business on the 26th of, of February. This business is about clients, and this business is about the people that work uh, in it. Because if we concentrate on clients, if we create an environment that motivates uh, the people that uh, Hendrik spoke about, the 10,000, we should be able to create value in the long term. Hendrik, you want to conclude with this slide, or should I just take it? I've said, should I take it? Okay. So in conclusion, we are a team. In conclusion, you're on a roll. Go for it. In conclusion, we are committed to stakeholder value. Oh, the slide. Thank you. I'm supposed to be one of the most technologically savvy members of the board, but I'm struggling. In conclusion, we are committed to shareholder value. We have indicated that we are going to look to simplify the business, to sharpen our focus as we grow and do so in a disciplined manner. Post D measure, we will release two independent businesses that are posed for long-term growth and uh, value creation. Thank you very much. Hendrik, will you take the question? Any any questions? Or shall we start with uh, Johannesburg? Let's be democratic. <laughs> While the other guys are deciding on Brexit, we uh, go to Johannesburg. Uh, are we on? Yes, Kieran. Are you on? Kieran. Is there any questions here? Kieran, <clears throat> Rudy is not there. No questions. We have, we have one. We have one, Hendrik. Yeah. Uh, good morning. My name is Kisetu. I'm from Reuters. I just have a question for Fani. Um, Discovery uh, and three new banks are coming to town. Do you lose any sleep over that? Thank you. 
Bonnie, do you want me to answer that, seeing as it's a South African issue? I'm happy for you to take it, Karen. <laughs> okay. Um, um, first of all, there is a lot of competition in our market in South Africa. It's not just discovery. Um, the second point, I think that there are many other financial services organizations in South Africa who should be a lot more worried about discovery coming in than ourselves. We are a very niche organization. We provide wealth and investment, wealth and banking services, both locally and offshore. That is a key part of our offering to a very select niche uh, target market base. So, yes, everyone says you welcome competition. Well, you know, I'll say that with a smile on my face. Uh, competition is good because it uh, is good for the market. But uh, we wish Discovery well and also the other organizations that are coming now uh, to do well because that will maintain the integrity of the financial service system, which is very important. Thanks, Karen. Karen is uh, the global head of the private bank, and in the new era, he will be the head of, uh, of risk. Uh, so uh, let's see what Discovery has to offer. Competition is good. Shoppings are gained, uh, beneficial to clients. We welcome them. We have another question here. Morning, guys. Congratulations on the results. It's uh, Banky from Merrill Lynch. Just one quick question. Your REE improved to 13.4%. Could you just please tell us what the impact of FS9 was on your REE? Funny, we'll deal with that. Okay. We've, uh, we've done the numbers. Michelin, do you want to talk about it? Um, in essence, the impact was about 250 million. You're going to take the two points. The ball goes down the back line. It's now outside. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I think the, the impact of IFRS 9, obviously uh, opening reserves uh, were adjusted. That was about £265 million. That would have added about 0.4% uh, to the underlying um, uh, ROE number. Um, the income statement effect of IFRS 9 has been fairly muted uh, because we haven't really seen uh, any, any uh, key change from a modeling perspective. I think fundamentally uh, you, you see the growth in ROE in the current period really supported uh, by the underlying fundamentals of the business. Thanks, Mish. Thanks, Mish. I just want to say, on the ROE type of thing, it is an overtime metric and it's an overtime consistent metric. So to, uh, to get too hung up about a particular number at a point in time, defocus, if you've got to look at the trend, and I think that's why I finally try to show you the trend, well, we have to be here. Uh, actually, I won't be here. Well, finally, we'll be explaining to you that the ROE is about 15% in the last few years' time, but don't give me, I don't hold him to any target. But, but that really is the point. It's over, exactly. You quoted that, so that's why I quoted the SA Bank one. Any other questions? Any other questions here in Johannesburg? That's it. Uh, Thank you, Kiran. Thank, Thank you. In London, oh, please. Are they there? Good question uh, around post-demerger for the bank group. Will uh, is there any thought around the current uh, dual-listed company structure, or uh, that stays as is? No, that will stay as is. Um, we we want to be quite categorical about it. That there's a 
while there is a level of complexity, uh, we do believe that in the long term this is the, the right structure for us. So we've considered the issue, but be quite clear that uh, that is uh, the structure that we will have going forward. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a problem trying to take the Sahagin business into, into the UK market if you wanted to collapse this way. I don't think you can get regulatory approval for that. Similarly, trying to take the UK bank uh, to be uh, owned by the South African business would not work commercially. So we are quite definitive about it. This is the structure uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and obviously it's exactly the opposite for the asset management business because it's a simple business. It's not a capital market dependent business. And I think that would be a uh, move away from the DLC for obvious reasons. Subject, of course, to regulatory approval and ultimately shareholder approval. Thank you. Any other questions? I think we can maybe almost tea time, finally. Thank, thank you very much for uh, supporting us today and being here, and we look forward to your attendance at the Capital Markets Days coming up. And then, of course, we'll be back after what is probably a slightly tougher macro environment in the second six months of the year, and we hopefully would have delivered on the agenda we've given you, which is simplification, focus, and discipline growth. Thank you very much. That's what results in the office is that. <laughs> 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 I know. I know.